those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning on this first Sunday <clears throat> after the Epiphany, <clears throat> where we celebrate the baptism of our Lord, is from the gospel for today. You heard it read before in Matthew chapter 3. I recall just these words. Then Jesus appeared. He came from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Epiphany King, the one who washed us clean by his blood, my beloved. Simple, plain water, H2O, can change things. First of all, consider the powerful property of water. When my wife and I used to live in uh, Ottawa, Canada, during my vicar year, when we first got up there, uh, somebody said, well, how much are you paying for your hydro? How much are you paying for your hydro? I didn't know what that was. Hydro is electricity. They call it hydro up there because of the hydroelectric turbines that are, are turned by the river in Ottawa. And, uh, you know, those powerful turbines uh, with that power of water, well, you can light up whole cities. That's the controlled power of water. Think of the uncontrolled power of water, like flooding. In your mind's eye, can you see that one guy and his dog sitting on top of the roof there with the water in the, from flooding three-fourths of the way up the house? Uncontrolled water can do a whole lot of damage. It takes sometimes decades to repair. Who can even comprehend a universal flood in Noah's day and all the damage that did? I no wonder there are fish fossils found on mountaintops. And then, of course, there is the life-giving property of water. None of us can live without water. I mean, just imagine irrigation. You bring some water into a dry, uh, desert, barren land, and you can turn it into an oasis. And then, of course, there is the cleansing power of water. We talked about that with the kids this morning. We wash our hands. Take the dirt off, it becomes clean. Ever use a power washer in your backyard? Boy, that really can change things. Water can change things with its power, with its life-giving property, and with its cleansing property. This morning, we want to talk about simple, plain water and see what happens when you combine it with God's Word because when you combine God's word with the water, it brings about miraculous changes. Water and the word together we call baptism. Now, we want to take a look at three baptisms this morning and see how they change things. We want to take a look at John's baptism and see how it changed the people. And we want to take a look at Jesus' baptism by John and see how it changed his ministry. And then we want to take a look at your baptism and mine. First of all, we take a look at John the Baptist's baptism, what it did. Put on your um, spiritual binoculars. 
Can't you see him now, John the Baptist, out in the dust and the wind? His food was grasshoppers, cooked, of course, and honey. His camel skins that he wore were usually wet most of the time because he was down there in the Jordan River baptizing people. And when he wasn't baptizing, he was always preaching. He preached, repent. Change the way that you think and act because the kingdom of heaven is near. So there you have it. Jesus' cousin, the baptizer, combining water with the word repent. Now, you heard me say it before, the word repent. Look at it in the Greek. It actually means to stop going in one direction, make 180 and go around in the other direction. Change what you're doing. John the Baptist was calling for a change of heart and a change of life. To really oversimplify it, though, you know what John the Baptist was really calling for from the people when he baptized them and when he preached to them? He was calling for them to change their religion. No, he didn't want them to change from Catholic to Protestant or from Congregationalist to Lutheran. Because when you take a look at it around the world, there are really two relig- only two religions in the whole world. I don't know if you, it's that simple. Only two religions in the whole wide world. One is the man-made religion that tells you have to do something, do something, do something, perform, and then maybe God will love you. And the other real religion is God's religion that says done. Everything absolutely has been done so that you might have eternal life all through Jesus Christ. Now John was telling the people it's time to stop practicing the false religion of the church there in Jerusalem that tells you that you have to do something to be saved and it's time to start believing in the Lamb of God. And when the people heard the word of God that demands perfection and the people realized that they weren't perfect and they had sinned and they needed a Savior, then John baptized them with water for repentance. It says, confessing their sins, they were baptized. And when the people were touched by water and and the word out there in the wilderness, things changed. Three things changed. Their hearts changed, their religion changed, and their lives changed. Their hearts were changed from ignorance to understanding. From not knowing God to knowing a forgiving God who took away all of their sins. They changed their religion from do to done. And their lives were changed. Now they recognized that living a godly life not, was not a, a something that you did to merit God's good grace, but rather a response of love for everything that he did for you. And so the water and the word, John's baptism, changed people. And then uh, Jesus came walking out there in the wilderness. And with an outstretched arm and finger, John the Baptist said, Look over there, look over there. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Matthew says, Then Jesus appeared. He came from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. And I don't know if you can quite 
picture this in your mind's eye, but when Jesus came down there and asked John to be baptized over to the side, they were talking for a little while, and there was a little tete-a-tete going on, and you could almost see John the Baptist going, and Jesus going, because John didn't want to baptize Jesus. He recognized right away that baptism wasn't for Jesus because it called for repentance. And Jesus was the holy, sinless Son of God. And he wasn't calling upon Jesus to change his religion because Jesus is the basis and the origin of the only true religion. But Jesus commanded John, he said, this is the way it has to be now. This is the proper way to do everything that God requires of us. The reason I came baptizing with water, John said in another section of Scripture, was that he might be revealed to Israel. And so let's take a look at that baptism of Jesus by John. By water and the word, things changed. And what a baptism it was. The word of God, water and the word, water and the word of God times three. The water was there. The Father spoke from heaven, the word of God. The Holy Spirit was there, the inspire of the written word, and the living word, Jesus Christ, was right there. Water and the triune God epiphanized, revealed to people. Water and the word. Water and the triune God revealed to the world the only true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But besides revealing the triune God to those people there, Jesus' baptism served another purpose. Jesus said to John, this is the proper way to do everything that God requires of us. Did you ever ask yourself the question? uh, In fact, I saw, I think there was a movie on this last week about the, the child Jesus or the young Jesus. They're trying to figure out what Jesus did during his youth. And of course, nobody knows. But that's the question. What did Jesus do for 30 years before he began his ministry here, before he was baptized? We only know of one little snapshot glimpse of Jesus when he was 12 years old in the temple. What was Jesus doing? Well, Jesus tells us that the only way to eternal life, he said, be perfect. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, notice that when Jesus spoke those words, he said, don't. He didn't say, now try to be perfect. Or be perfect one day, but not necessarily the next. Or attempt to try to get to be perfect little by little. Jesus said it very clearly. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. In order to be acceptable to God, you have to be perfect. You know what that's sort of like? A baseball player for his entire career hitting a 1,000 every year. Who could ever do that? Jesus did. He was tempted in all ways like we are, yet without sin. You see, Jesus, for 30 years before he began his ministry, was being perfect for us so that he could credit our account with his perfection. 
Jesus had to live perfectly because we couldn't. But imperfection also demands and deserves punishment. At Jesus' baptism, he was now indicating that the second part of his ministry was beginning. He had lived perfectly for us, and now it was time for him to begin the second part, his suffering for us. And during Jesus' ministry, you know as well as I do that Jesus suffered a whole lot. People tried to stone him. They rejected his message. They rejected him. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. And after that, then his mission was complete. Now he had lived perfectly, and he had died innocently, both in your place, so that he could declare the whole world not guilty, not guilty of any sin, the whole world not guilty, and that means you and me. The thing is, if you don't accept that declaration of not guilty, it won't do you any good. And so now it's time to talk about our baptism, water and the word, which miraculously changes things. It's kind of interesting how Jesus, uh, in his ministry, you know, around John 3, 16 there in chapter 3, he was talking to Nicodemus at, at, uh, at night. And he said, unless a person is born again, Unless a person is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And he was talking about baptism. None of us remembers being born. I don't know about if you do. I, I can't. And most of us don't remember being reborn at baptism. But here's kind of a good thought. Uh, if you're only born once, you're going to die three times. If you're only born physically, you're going to die physically, you're going to die spiritually, and you're going to die eternally. But if you are born twice, physically and spiritually, you will live eternally three ways, physically and spiritually and eternally. That's how important baptism is. Most of us were changed and reborn at our baptism as infants. At that moment, you become into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You become a child of God. Change from walking the road to hell to walking the road to eternal life in heaven. Thanks be to God for baptism, one of God's means of grace by which he saves. One final comment is, we as biblical Christians espousing biblical Christianity also baptize babies. We baptize babies for three reasons. God tells us in the, his holy word, I want you to baptize all nations, all nations, all nations, and that includes ba babies too. Babies, of course, need baptism because they're born and mired in original sin and they have to have it removed and their hearts changed. Some people say, well, babies can't believe. Well, then I really want to know what John the Baptist was doing when he was leaping for joy in his mother's womb before he was born. And I want to know what, what St. Paul said when he meant when he said, from an infant you have known the Holy Scriptures, Timothy, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. 
Then we also baptize babies because believing faith is a miracle of God that you can't work on your own. God has to work it for you. No man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. Thank God for your baptism. And of course, we heard uh, St. Peter's words with the kids this morning. Baptism now saves us. Baptism now saves you. Pretty important, pretty powerful. Water and the Word. This morning we looked at three baptisms. John's baptism and how it changed people. Jesus' baptism and how it changed the world. And our baptism that changed us to become children of God. And I just really think, because I don't know how many times you get out your catechisms and review it, we have to listen to Dr. Luther as he said, What is baptism? Baptism is not just plain water, but it is water included in God's command and combined with God's word. Which is that word of God? Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Matthew, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What does baptism benefit you? It works forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe as the words and promises of God declare. Which are these words and promises of God? Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Mark, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. How can water do such great things? Certainly not just water, but the word of God in and with the water does these great things along with faith that trusts the word of God in the water. For without God's word, the water is plain water and no baptism. But with the word of God, it is a baptism that is a life-giving water rich in grace and a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. What does baptizing with water indicate? It indicates that the old Adam in us should drown daily with contrition and repentance and die with all our sins and even evil desires, and that a new man should daily come forth and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Where is this written? St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life, now and forever, God granted for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> we confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, <coughs> his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. Third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings.
and our connection cards. 